I know the Leafs lost to the Hurricanes, but at least still good in a losing effort. Well, I was gonna say they lost to a goalie who was an NHL player, but yeah. Let's go! Give me what I want! Kick down the door! Drew, you are not doing this! What the not nice! There's a giant head! I made like 2,000 of these. I'd like to have fun. With you, wherever you are, welcome to LFR. I don't want to split hairs or anything, but when they're healthy, he's technically the third stringer, so. Uh, ah! Ah! Leafs lose 5-3 to the Carolina Hurricanes. With a very weird and silly lineup because that's just how they're rolling. But also, I kinda like it? This game goes to show why not all losses are equal. Real quick, think you know which way it's gonna go? Like you think your team is gonna be bad and then dominant and then good and lose? Well you should head on over to Sports Interaction. When the puck drops, Sports Interaction has you covered pregame, live betting on all major sports and prop bets. Wanna bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn and download the Sports Interaction app on the QR code on the screen, but only if you're 19 plus please play responsibly. This sort of thing usually waits until the end of the video, but I thought it was kind of perfect and it deserves its spot here. This question from a Nikola Jokic fan, why am I more mad about this than 7-2? Because you're mad about this game for different reasons than you were mad about the 7-2 loss. In the 7-2 loss, the Leafs basically did not put forth their best effort at all, even sort of, and you were mad at them not for the loss, but because of that. You don't have to win every game, but you give that kind of effort, you stink. What a waste of everybody's time. This one, uh, this one was the Leafs doing their best. This was the Leafs actually playing a pretty good game. This was a game that the Leafs play 10 times. They might win nine, but not tonight. And I think what's got you so mad is they cut up. So this game was actually an Excellent clash of the Eastern Conference Titans and a solid playoff matchup. It's starting to ramp up. You can tell the games that teams care about. Boston versus Tampa? There was a fight within the first 15 seconds. Those two teams do not like each other and those two teams care when they play each other. That was a playoff game in the regular season. This game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Carolina Hurricanes was more or less the same thing. Now, of course, the Leafs are on a second half of a back-to-back, -back, and I th think maybe the Hurricanes too, and maybe they manage the bench a little differently than they would have in a playoff game. But this, to quote the great Jim Ross, was a slobber knocker, where the Leafs came out on the losing end. So let's break it down. Let's see where they lost this game. This game that they could have, and honestly should have won. Right off the bat, Jake McCabe, who overall actually had a very good game, Arguably his best game made a really silly mistake. The puck is floating in the air near Martin Natchez's face and he slashes Natchez right in the face. It's not intentional, but it's just a really irresponsible use of the stick and he's lucky he didn't draw blood. All right, not a great way to start the game, but just kill the penalty. But the hockey gods, the hockey gods, they got a sense of humor because the Leafs went 71, 71 games until they got their first five on three power play of the season at the beginning, the very beginning of their next game, they give up a five on three power play. Nolachari with a hook on Sebastian Ajo, that was a hook, that was the thing about those two penalties too, you couldn't even argue against them. So now you gotta kill a five on three, which is just 
really, really, really hard. Brent Burns had lots of room to shoot, which, yeah, five is bigger than three. He gets a really clear lane, a really clean shot, and nice and early in the game, roofs it for a one nothing lead. While both Achari and McCabe earn their penalties, McCabe just, what? No, no! Now what sucks is after giving that up, the Leafs are still on the penalty kill because it was a five on three, and the game just didn't start right. I think the shots were like 10-1 at a certain point, and for this goal, I know the shots were 14 to five for Carolina because it was on the screen before they scored the second one. It starts with a great aerial pass, but the, the Leafs just, it's their worst defensive sequence of the game, I think, from a top line of Yarncroke, Matthews, and Marner that had a spectacular game, just taking their foot off the gas for one shift, for one moment of one shift. Every leaf on the ice is visible in this photo, including the goaltender. Ignoring the fact that both defensemen and Austin Matthews are covering one person and also weren't able to prevent the pass, Mitch Marner is standing stock still and has no idea Jordan Stahl is even there. Puck squirts to him, which is a happy accident for the Carolina Hurricanes, but they meant to put it there. He roofs it because he had the time and space to roof it. Two nothing Hurricanes. And both of those goals are born from something that plagues the Leafs in games like this. And I want to clarify what I mean by games like this high stakes games. Games that the Leafs do care about and are generally playing well in. They weren't playing well yet, but they ended up playing well in. Games that mean something to the Leafs, people talk about them lacking toughness and they're soft. I, I think they're a lot grittier than people give them credit for, but what plagues them in games like this? Brain farts. Producer Drew, is that, can we make that the title? We're gonna make it the title. I, I'm, I'm calling it audible. I want you to type farts in the title. No, but like really, like McCabe had a good game. He did, he had a good game. Can't shank people in the face. Please don't do that. Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner had a good game. Don't stand still ever in the defensive zone, basically. Now here's what's amazing. I showed you that screen grab and the shots were 14 to five for the Hurricanes. We know they scored on a shot. So that means the shots were 15 to five for the Hurricanes. The shots by the end of that period were 16-16. Kachekov was standing on his head, which you certainly couldn't say for the last time these two teams played against each other. But it's shown that there's, you know, improvement. The Leafs aren't out of this game. There's 40 minutes left. And after intermission, they needed less than 13 to tie it. Beginning of the second period, Pesci takes a puck over the glass penalty. That's a blessing! Leafs aren't able to convert, but they don't give up. And less than five minutes into the frame, Yarncroke gets the puck with time, with space, rips the thing. I didn't know he could shoot like that. And that is not the first time in recent memory he has shot like that. Callie Yarncroke increases his career high to 18 with just a top jet rip on Kachekov. The Leafs are on the board and it keeps going and going and going and going. At one point, there was a time in the second period where I could have told you who the starting goalie for the Leafs was, but it would have taken me a sec. It's a play that starts with something that the Leafs did so well in this game, which was strip puck off of the Carolina Hurricanes. Michael Bunting doing it at the defensive blue line on the defensive side. Riley breaks it out. Willie gets it. They try to send a pass over, but oh geez, no one's there. Puck takes a hop and, and can I show you a very funny screenshot? Okay, if you look really closely at the player, the blurry player, <laughs> right there on the right side of the screen. You see the puck next to him? All right, cool. 
You see everyone looking at the puck? And how you can't see who that puck is going towards? Alright, I'm, I'm gonna show you who the player is. Are you, are you ready? Here it comes. Dun dun dun! Austin Matthews rips it! Oh, oh, he's back. And the Leafs tie it! And more than the Leafs tying it, the Hurricanes are lucky to get out of the second period with having only blown a 2-0 lead. The shots were 18-5 for the Leafs in the second period. That's just shots on goal. And it was actually worse than that. Remember, the Leafs ended the first period on an absolute heater. Between Jordan Stahl scoring the goal in the middle of the first period that gave the Hurricanes a 2-0 lead, and the end of the second period, the Leafs had outshot the Carolina Hurricanes 29-6 in that time. The Hurricanes! The Leafs did that to the Hurricanes. That's over the span of like half a game. Now let's call it what it is. You play like that, you should win. You should win. Now the Hurricanes did end the second period well, so we'll see how this plays into the third. Well, the way it played into the third is it was a great back and forth. And I know Boston and Tampa had their great game and it had all that fire. This is just two teams that I think revere each other. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself on the Carolina side, but I know the Leafs would love to play the way that the Hurricanes do. They've said it before. At very least, they've said that they hold the Hurricanes as a standard bearer in the NHL. I mean, they are second place. Up to this point, if you're the Leafs organization, you gotta be feeling pretty good about how this game is going. And the only two goals that the Hurricanes have scored were off of your own silly mistakes. Just don't, don't, don't make those mistakes. Practicing for the playoffs, Tighten it up, lock it down. After Hall's shoot-in attempt is blocked, they have to scurry backwards in the Hurricanes attack. Now right now, I, I don't really see much issue. It's three Hurricanes attacking three Leafs. I like that when you have the same amount of guys as they do. Because if everyone does their job and does it right, then everything should be fine. I don't know if this is a mistake necessarily, or you just have to give the Hurricanes credit. Yasperi Kokaniemi has the puck along the half wall. Both Hall and Achari kind of go for him. Hall actually stumbles a little bit here, which I think plays into it all. Number one, Achari kind of leaves the guy who he was skating with. And number two, this Kokaniemi pass gets through. It's a, a brilliant pass. Nason whips around the net with a wraparound. Murray stops him. He makes the save. He had to make some good saves in this game but Achari with his stick on the puck he gets his stick shanked across the line by Nason scores. Nason scores against his former team that's right he played one game as a Leaf you don't remember it he was part of the Nick Felino deal I'm sad too. So even though the Leafs play arguably their best period of the entire season and erase a 2-0 deficit now they find themselves in the third period and losing. That's bad. Then the period goes on, and on, and on, and the Leafs need a goal here! And a little bit of controversy. Riley gets the puck! Riley shoots the puck! Stop it, go check out, but there's both Bunting and Matthews in front of the net! Trample! What's that goal? And just whistle, and no one celebrate Michael celebrating. He's the only one celebrating. Look at how much Michael is celebrating. He is off the ground. I have never seen that before. I, I love Michael Bunting sometimes, man. Even Matthews, like, he's not celebrating. No one really seems to understand what's going on. Bunting jumps five feet in the air. Bunting has to, like, hunt down Matthews. You get over here and you celebrate. And they review it. And it's a goal! Even before they reviewed it, they overturned their call on the ice that it wasn't a goal. And now we play a game that we often play as National Hockey League fans. What's that rule? So here's the thing. 
The whistle went. Like, it definitely went before that goal went in. But also, that whistle went because they thought the play was dead. They thought the puck was covered up. And it very wasn't. So it was the wrong decision to blow the play dead. Matthews ended up scoring, as he should have, because the play was not dead. So, like, you can be mad that your team got scored on after the whistle went, but also the whistle shouldn't have gone. Without even looking up what the rule is, the right thing happened here. There was a goal scored on a play that should have never been blown dead in the first place. That's a goal. And the Leafs, for the second time this game, tie it! Matthews, for the second time this game, ties it. With two minutes and 58 seconds remaining. What a great feeling! What a fantastic feeling! That lasted for all of 32 seconds. This was the Slurpee lineup. 7-11. The Leafs had 7-D. The Leafs themselves released the lineup with Lilligren listed as the 7th D. He has the most to prove out of any defenseman in this game for the Leafs. And so, after the Leafs tie this thing up, there's two and a half minutes to go against one of the best teams in the league. Lilligren is out there with Morgan Riley. And the puck is in the Leafs zone. And Lilligren has the puck. And all I know about that puck is that puck has to get out. Does that puck get out? No! Now a lot of things happen after that puck doesn't get out. And almost all of them are not Lilligren's fault. But that entire play, that entire sequence, and even after the goal, I was screaming at that puck through the screen like the beast who just discovered Bell in the West Wing. Get out! Juicy rebound from Matt Murray. Morgan Riley's nowhere to be found. And Aho claims that rebound and scores. Listen, there was blame to go around. There was. But it starts with not getting it out. Sometimes I wonder if we're wasting our time with stats from every game. Every game? Really? Well, it gives us the biggest sample size. Well, no, yes and no. It gives you the biggest sample size of games. What I would like to see is stats exclusively from games that the team obviously cares about. Dude, we're ramping up for the playoffs here. I don't know what time it is, but 10 games left. That's what time it is. They are warming up for the playoffs. These games, the pace, the intensity of these games is ramping up. You can feel it. And the games that playoff teams have against teams that are nowhere near the playoff picture, you wonder why there's so many non-playoff teams doing well right now. The playoff teams don't care. There are some teams that like they need to play for the points and I'm not saying any team like completely doesn't try, but there's... I'm trying because it's a it's a Tuesday night game against the Canucks and I would like to beat them. And then there's I'm playing against my bloodlust rival and I want to rip their head off of their body. Lilligren has great sets. I know that. And he might have had great sets in this game. I don't know. I didn't look it up. But I think there's the sample size of all the games. There's the sample size of all the stats in the games that the teams really value more than most. And then it comes down to moments. And this is the human element. I don't know if that's the proper way to evaluate, but Keefe and Dubis remember moments like these. And they are moments where when the playoffs arrive, the Leafs could start with 7D 
and still not play you. And forget it if they go down to six. Forget it. You're already seven. They wrote down that you're seven. I'm fascinated to see what lineup they go with against the Sens. But Lilligren, who I have repeatedly called the best right-handed defender on this team, and I think he has that capability, to me it's undeniable he's played his worst hockey of the season over the last two weeks, and it's a shame because... I think it's going to keep him out of the game one lineup. We'll get to the question segment, and speaking of decisions like that, hey, I wonder who's going to start game one for the Leafs. Is it going to be Samsonov or Murray, if if both are healthy? Sheldon Keefe on Matt Murray's game tonight. I thought he did a good job for us, but of course, it's difficult to win with any sort of regularity if you have to score more than four. Matt's got to find a way to keep one or two of those out. And with that, Sheldon Keefe perfectly explains Matt Murray. Dude, there's a lot of games. Like the, the, the games where pucks go through them and stuff like that. Those are the easy ones to pinpoint where he's playing like crap. Those games don't happen all that often. More often than not, you get games like this, where he allows four, you look at his save percentage, and it's not great, but then you think back to the game and you're like, wait, wait a sec. Did he do poorly? Well, what were the goals? Uh, a five-on-three snipe from Burns. Well, I mean, what's he supposed to do there? Uh, there there's the Jordan Stahl goal. Well, I, I mean, that was, that was defensive. That was terrible defensive coverage. And then and then what was even the... Oh, he made the stop on Nason. He, he made the stop there, but, but then the rebound got shoveled in. And then, of course, there was this one where, you know, maybe he could have he could have had that rebound or he could have played it a little better. And at the end of the day, did he play terribly? No! Made some good saves, kept a minute at times. And you look and you're like, yeah, still allowed four. And dude, that's been nearly every game for a month. Outside of the Sens game where he obviously stood on his skull and brain and still allowed four, by the way, including a two-goal collapse in which there was also a disallowed goal outside of that one game where you could still argue he wasn't perfect he's gotta find a way oh that's not fair no all right no it's not fair a lot of professional sports is not fair make a save make a save make a save three or less ideally less if you average less than three goals against, you're probably, you might win a playoff series with that. Dude, making a few nice saves in a game where you allow three, four goals against, it's not going to cut it. That's That was Jack Campbell on a lot of nights with the Leafs too, where you look and you're like, none of this is Jack's fault. And it would have been spectacular to get an extra save. Kachekov was the busier goalie in this one. He faced harder chances. And he was not good. Straight up not good against the Leafs the last time they played. He was spectacular in this one. The Hurricanes had a better goaltender than the Leafs in this one. And all due respect to the guy, but when Murray outdueled the Sens goalie, it was Mad Sogard. He might become good. He ain't good yet. This question's fascinating, and, and I think I'm only going to answer this one because I want to spend a little bit of time on it. From Playoff Kate, who's a Canes fan, Canes were opportunistic. Leafs were the better team most of the game. Now, I'm not saying you said this, Katie, but I, I think a lot of people think opportunistic means lucky. No. No. <laughs> there were some games when, uh, like before the Leafs had Matthews, there was a game in particular against Dallas. I don't know why it's burned into my memory. The shots were something like 50 to 20. The Leafs 
won that game in overtime. Jonathan Bernier was unbelievable, and the playoff, uh, the the overtime goal, sorry, was scored by Trevor Smith. Do you remember Trevor Smith? Oh, well, yeah, the Leafs were outshot and the Dallas Stars were the better team, but the Leafs won because they were more opportunistic. Absolutely not! The Leafs won that game because they got lucky. Their goalies stood on their soul and got lucky. The Hurricanes were not bad in this game. There were times where they were bad, but overall they were not bad. They were opportunistic, which means smart which means explosive, which means they have the skill to take advantage of opportunities. It means clutch in a lot of ways. It's what the best teams are. I was gonna use a Bruins analogy because they're in first place. I don't have to. The Hurricanes are second place in the entire NHL. They are the better team on a lot of nights, the better team. And on top of that, they're opportunistic. They get opportunities and they take advantage of them. They get those big plays in big moments. It is a tremendous compliment to call them opportunistic. And honestly, I would love for the Leafs to be opportunistic in these playoffs. There are countless, I could do an entire half hour video going, here's how they could have won game seven in 2013, Matt Fratton, Joffrey Lupul. Here's how they, they could have won game six against Washington in 2017. Here's how, here's how, here's how, here's how. I could spend another half hour. Opportunistic to me is the name of the game. Maybe that's what the LFR title should be. Opportunistic is the name of the game here. And this might be the last opportunity this Leafs group gets. 10 games left warming up for the exam and this one's just pass or fail that is it for this one thank you very much for watching click like if you like this video click subscribe if you really like to tell all your friends that tomorrow is a back-to-back -back with travel that starts less than 24 hours after the last one why why are these allowed stop it